Thank you so much for choosing this podcast from CFTN Pace. We are Church for the Nations in Pace, Arizona. We are a Bible-believing church and believe God has a word for you today. You can reach us at www.cftnpacing.com or you can give us a call at 928-444-8791. We hope that you're blessed by the message that you've chosen today. God bless. move on into our uh, our series today on honor. And this morning we're going to talk about honor as in a respect in our relationships and how that works for us. And so we've been talking and, and moving along this. Honor has been really prostituted as such. It's been it's been perverted by by a large segment of the church because um, you must honor me and you must do everything I say. That's been kind of the, the, the gist, I guess, to say. But, but we're talking about honor in a completely different sort. We're talking about honor in, in that God actually um, ordains someone. And honor is something that you do even if you don't respect the person. That sounds funny. But honor comes even without respect. Respect is earned. Honor is not. Honor is appointed. And that's something I'll get into a little later. But we talked about uh, the prodigal son and how technically that story should be labeled the honoring father rather than the prodigal son because of the way that the father responded to his son. Uh, The father didn't try to control the son. He didn't disown him. See, naturally speaking, sometimes when when our children do us wrong, when our children don't respond the way the, the not, once we get to the end of our robe we're ready to just cut it we're done we're going to disown you i write you out of my will you're no longer part of that um i don't even know you as a son kind of thing that that's the natural digression but you see that the the that didn't happen in the story of the prodigal son the father didn't say that in fact when his son, being in, having, having evil intent, came to him and said, I want everything that's mine, I want it now, the father gave it to him. And then as he was out there doing his thing, the father knew he wasn't living right, but as he was doing his thing, his father didn't go looking. He didn't go to the red light district and work my son, you know. He didn't go search him out and drag him home and then watch him leave again. No, no he, he was looking for him. But he was looking at for him from a place of authority, from his porch. He was looking afar off, and when he saw him come, then immediately he restored honor. Why did he restore honor? Because of what the son did? Well, absolutely not. The son, the son was did him wrong. So it wasn't he was restoring honor because of something the son did, or that it was it was owed the son. He was restoring honor because. That was his son. That was his son. It doesn't matter what he did. At this point, coming back. See, we can drag people back into this. We can bring people back into a repentant heart by beating on them. We can hurt them and, and be abusive to the point where they break and they say, okay, I'm sorry. But they're sorry because you're an outward. It's an outward thing. It's a different thing when the father was waiting. He knew he was coming back. And he was waiting for him to come back. And when he did, he knew that the repentant heart was there. So honor was immediately restored. It didn't take any time. It was immediately restored. 
Now, we're going to take it a little bit further into that story. We're going to go to Luke 15. We're going to read 28 to 30. And this is the account of the other son. And we come into this where the party's in full swing. And, and, and the brother comes back from the field he was, or from the work day or whatever. And he comes back and he sees this party going on. And he's a little miffed. So he says, but he was angry and would not go in. And therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandments at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. Like I said, he came and he was miffed. He's like, I've been here the whole time working my tail off and you haven't even given me as much as a goat to party with my friends. And, and here is his son. Who can relate to this story? Okay? You're going to relate to either one or the other of the brothers. Okay? Because some of you have been faithful the whole time, all through your life, and you're like, man... That person's been out, I could have been partying my whole life and come back right now and I would be in a better place. You know, you ever hear, you ever feel that way? So, but this, this, this scripture, the first part of the scripture, we think, well, you know, yeah, the elder brother was honoring his father. He, he hung in there. He carried the weight. It, in, in, in the first glance, you're like, yeah, he, he did honor his father. But then, then that rant begins. Where he says, this son of yours. Okay, so what did he do? In that little phrase, he disowned his, son, his brother. He had, already, he had already washed his hands of him. He had moved him on. And so then the father replies, and this is really interesting. In Luke 15, 31 and 32 then, it says, my son. He's talking to the elder brother. You are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. See, the father says, look, you're, you're acting like a child. You're making me angry. But, you know, my son, he puts, I can just imagine he puts his arm around him. My son... You've always been with me. I'm proud of you. Everything I have is yours. But this brother of yours. Notice the father's language. This brother of yours. He's giving, he's giving the elder brother an opportunity to honor his brother. He has just changed his identity from this son of yours away from him to this is your brother of yours. This is your brother. This is your flesh and blood. So let's look at this in, in the sense of our Heavenly Father. How many of you have been prodigals? Okay, the rest of you can come up for confession afterwards. Um, we all have. It says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us has had to come back to God. Not in a sense that we were separated. That's my theology. But in a sense of a revelation of who God is for us and to us, okay? Ephesians 2, 5, and 6 says, By grace you have been saved and raised up 
together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're in two places at once. Right now, we're sitting in two places. You're sitting here. And according to this verse, we're also sitting right next to Jesus. Let's grasp that. That's, in, that's, that's pretty important. That's pretty powerful. Because the Father honored us. Because no matter what we did, he said, no, you, you are a son of mine. Once we made that connection, you're seated with Jesus. You're brought to a level of his son. Boom. Immediately. Let that sink in a little bit. We've not only been made sons and daughters, but we're also heir to his promise. We're also heir to everything that he promised. I had a little book one time that had a thousand promises, and they weren't even all of them from the Bible. There was somebody that took the time painstakingly to go through the Bible and count or to, to list every promise God made to us. A thousand. And that isn't even exhausted. And yet they're all ours. Because we've been made joint heirs. Come on. But people say, well, I'm not going to honor anymore. You know, I did for a season. I honored them. Look what it got me. They messed up. They don't recognize me. Nothing I do is good enough. They don't talk about me enough. Whatever it is. That's an orphan spirit. That means... That's something that you need to eradicate from your life. Because honor is always due. I honor President Obama. I don't respect President Obama. Because that's something that was, has to be earned. But I honor him. Because God appointed. Now some, some may question whether he was appointed. But I believe that everybody in leadership was appointed by God. If that's the case, then we owe honor in that direction. An orphan heart is always does to get in return. And an honor wants to give and release. <clears throat> so, with that being said, this elder son he was honoring out of duty, out of obligation, but also his, his attitude showed that he was wanting to get. See, now my elder brother, I, I've disowned him. I've worked my tail off because I get this whole thing when my father passes. So his honor wasn't true. His honor wasn't pure. He had an agenda. How many times do we honor someone because of what they can do for us? Right. Oh, let me get your bag. You know? But we do it because we think, even maybe subconsciously, what that person can do for us. And we don't honor them just because that's required of us. Jesus did not say, look, look, I've done this for you. But you haven't done anything for me. Is that what Jesus said? No, he said, this is what I've done for you. Come and receive your inheritance. Receive everything I've got. Everything that is mine is yours. 
I did it for you gladly. I honored you in my, in my going to the cross and my dying for you. I honored you so that I can release to you everything. All you have to say is yes. Yes. You know, people, there's a, there's a little cliche that says, he says, you know, it's an honor to be part of this. Or it's an honor to attend here at CFTM Pace. It's an honor to serve. It's an honor, you know, we, we, we have this, this vocabulary, but you put a little bit of pressure on that. You put a little statement of disrespect, maybe a disrespectful statement that wasn't meant that way. You put a little bit of pressure cooker on it, and it's not always like that anymore. All of a sudden, it's like, I'm out of here. Or you go to your neighbor and say, did you hear what Pastor Nevin said? I cannot believe it. See, Peter shifted in and out of honor. You know, one minute he's saying, Jesus asked him, who am I? And he says, you are the son of the living God. That's right, Peter. But the pressure came. The weight of the world came. And he denied Christ three times. And he didn't show up at the tomb. After three years of hanging out with the most amazing gift to the world, after three years of being with the person that is, is love and being taught by him, when the pressure gets put on, he still does it. He still denies him. So did Jesus stop honoring him? Did Jesus say, ah, you, you blew it, man. That's three times. Three strikes are out. No, see, Jesus continued to honor him. He even made him breakfast. If somebody said, Dean, I don't know you anymore. I don't want you in my life. Be gone. I don't know him. I don't know you. And then they come, you come and you make them breakfast. A full spread. A full spread. You know, biscuits and gravy and and bacon. (laughs) So what was Jesus honoring? What was Jesus honoring in Peter? You know, we talk about that, we talk about that, uh, that scripture that says that he bought the whole field for the treasure. See, Jesus saw a treasure in Peter. It didn't matter how many times that Peter messed up, said whatever, he honored that morsel. It may be this big in some people. You know what I'm saying? The treasure might not... You know, a pearl is a piece of sand that's continually... Uh, whatever the process is in a, in a clam's mouth. But it takes some time, okay? That pearl isn't beautifully white and whatever when it's first... So that, that might be a kernel of treasure that God's working in that person's life. But we have to honor that in that person. Honor believes in the gift inside the broken vessel. Because broken vessels let the light out. Think about that. You have a vessel that's closed and you put a light inside, you're not going to see it. When does the light get to be seen? It's when it's got some voids, when it's broken. Broken vessels, us, are able to give the light of what God is all about to those around us, to the kingdom. 
See, our faith is not in the person. The faith was not in Peter, but it was in God. Our faith, my faith is not in Ed. While I love Ed to death, my faith is not in Ed. My faith is in God in him. The treasure that's in, I honor that part in him. Okay? Now, we get along great. So don't, don't misunderstand the, the, the illustration. But honor seeks to release. Control seeks to restrict. Anytime someone says honor, and in the next breath controls you, I promise you it is not honor. At least not pure honor. It's not an honor. It's an honor to get rather than an honor to release. But if somebody tells you they honor you and they release you to be everything you can be, and if you trip and fall, they help you up, that's honor. So Jesus believed in the gift in Peter, and finally, finally, Peter reciprocated that honor. When Peter finally reciprocated the honor, it released the inheritance within him that birthed the church. Let me say that again. When Peter finally reciprocated the honor, it released the inheritance within him that birthed the church. What we have today would not even look... Yes, I, can, I know some of you say, well, it shouldn't look like it does. There's many of it that doesn't. But what I'm saying is the church, the millions and millions of people that show and up every Sunday, Wednesday, every day of the week, and declare the... the the, the magnitude of their God would not be what it is without Peter making the yes step and saying, I honor you. I'm back. Right. It's all about you. It was reciprocated. But it, wasn't, it didn't happen until Jesus said, look, you, you, you screwed up, but you know, I don't care. Let me make you breakfast. Let me hang out with you. I'm going to build my church on you. Right? Honor releases his inheritance in your life. It really does. If you will honor the grain, the treasure in everybody's life that you're, that you're connected with, if, I don't care who they are. They could be the person, the homeless person you run into on the street. They have something that you can honor in them. Right. And when you live your life like that, and you honor at that degree and that level, I promise you the inheritance that God has for you will continue, it will, it will blow your mind. Luke 15, 17 to 18 says, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. This here is the true definition of repentance. I come to my senses, I acknowledge my sin, and I turn from it. The prodigal, this person in this story, he repented, returned, he honored. And what was the result? Do you remember? It was a robe, and it was ring, and it was sandals. He was immediately restored. The minute you honor that you have been wrong... And this goes into your every, into every part of your relationships. Be quick to say you're wrong. 
There's nothing more challenging or frustrating than having an attitude for yourself, having an attitude of always being right. And it's also not more, it's even more challenging for those around us to having somebody in our lives that is always right. If you've offended somebody, even if you didn't mean to, take personal responsibility of it. I don't care what your intent was. It's what the other person perceived to be the intent that matters. So do everything in your power. Do everything in your power to work in peace with everyone because that's what, that's what God's about. And like I said before, that honor is earned. Salvation, I'm sorry, that was, that, that was a, a slip up. It was actually my note says, honor is not earned. That's better. Honor is not earned. Just like salvation is not earned. Honor is appointed just like grace is appointed. See, once Jesus is accepted, his grace changes us from the inside out. We know that. How many of you are a different person today since you said yes to Jesus than you were before? Yeah. So when people appoint, when God appoints people in our lives, he does the appointing not us. See, we're, a, we're an apostolic church. We're a church that believes that, that God ordains our leaders, connects us with our right people. We, don't, we generally don't, I don't, CFTM Payson does not have a, uh, a, a group of people that are looking for the next pastor. Does that make sense? Okay, we don't have, uh, what, I don't know what, they have some word for it, but I don't forget what it's called. But anyway, we believe that God appoints the individuals that are, that are to be in our life and to, to give us the people that are going to transform us and move us further into our destiny. How many believe that? That God appoints, okay? So, again, I'm going to say honor seeks to release control seeks to restrict. Okay? So, we're ascending church. You, we witnessed that this morning, right? We're ascending church. We believe that we are to send people into their destiny, to change the world by releasing people and the treasure that's within them, to move them beyond who they are. We recognize that the gift and someone is not in ours to control or to hold on to. If you're good at something and you work here in our body, praise the Lord. But if you're good at something and you don't want to work in our body, praise the Lord. As long as you're working in it, right? We want to honor the people by releasing the gold in them to the kingdom for the kingdom purpose. We do not want to restrict them and stifle what God has created them to be. That's what we're about. So this morning, I want to I thank each of you. Some of you are brand new. You've been here for one hour. But I want to thank you too. Because you guys have all 
shown Dean and I so much honor in two years. We're coming up on two-year anniversary. It's, it's been amazing. God has done so much stuff. In, look, at, look, look around you. We started with eight people. Right? Now, it isn't about size. It's about the quality. And we have, some, we have quality people here. We were appointed to plant this by God and by our pastor, Michael Maiden. We were, we were put here and appointed, appointed to you for this position. And like I said, each one of you has so graciously honored us in the last two, two years that it, it really is endearing. It's a powerful, it's powerful. And not just honor, but like I said, respect has to be earned. And I really feel a, a really, I feel that you guys all respect us as well. And so kudos, kudos to you. We can't, like I said, we're over, we're like brimming with, with love for you guys. And we love each and every one of you, and you become our family and our personal friends. So our connection is deeper than a natural friendship. Would you guys agree with that? Right? Even those that have just come for an hour, they've just been here an hour, first time here, there's still a connection. There's a kingdom connection. Thank you so much for choosing this podcast from CFTN Payson. We are Church for the Nations in Payson, Arizona. We are a Bible-believing church and believe God has a word for you today. You can reach us at www.cftnpayson.com or you can give us a call at 928-444-8791. God bless you.